Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Hugel. We're so glad you're here this week. We appreciate the time that you're spending to help out community gardens. And also, I know it takes time to find those volunteers. Uh, that's why we always tell people to look up and down your street or in your neighborhood and uh, go toward uh, business organizations, any kind of schools, any kind of churches to help out, uh, see if they can bring over some um, you know, men and women or maybe some youth groups. A lot of the youth groups like helping out with the community gardens because it's something they can relate to or kind of learn from. So uh, there's lots of options to be able to fill in for volunteers. Uh, that is one of the hardest things to do is keep the volunteer situation going. And particularly this time of the year, because I know with us in the Midwest, we have had extraordinarily hot weather. Now, it's been the humidity. It hasn't really been the temperatures as such. It's what's really been affecting us. Uh, Earlier in the year, it was the flooding, all the rain. Then this part of the season, it's been the uh, humidity. And I mean to tell you, it's been humidity plus. Weather to wear. <laughs> That's what they say. Weather to weather, where weather to wear. Sit fast three times. But anyway, uh, so we're extend your season. Either you want to do that with a few other kind of plans to put in there for the fall, or you want to do a hoop house and last even a little bit longer and extend it a little bit longer in your season. So whatever it is that you have the opportunity to do, that's super. And uh, we're going to also find out how to do some canning. Uh, some broccoli soup, and then also some information that I found out today about the Farmer's Almanac Gardening Guide. Excited that's evidently out now, and it's ready for the season to give you more information about how you can grow fruits and vegetables, and uh, the different seasoned, um, the different uh, growing areas, uh, what you can grow for this particular season. So it's very exciting to know that this information is out and that people can get it at the stores. Or you can go ahead and get it online also. Now, you can get if you want to. I've not seen it in a few years myself uh, because uh, the weather's just been so wacky. And uh, sometimes people hit it right, sometimes they don't. Everybody got their opinions. And the maps have been just off the wall crazy. Um, so who knows? But um, I'm very excited about this Farmer's Almanac Gardening Guide. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to come on the other side and we're going to start Who has the stuff? What do you say? All right, you're listening to And we appreciate very much for your time today. It's very exciting to be at this time of the year. Uh, I know that we've been looking around to see how we're going to decorate uh, our home area. Whoops, here we go, the two puzzles. In the fall and early spring, possibly even the winter, with a homemade hoop house like this one. And this is how I made it. What I did is I bought some rebar, four feet long, and I stuck a third of it into the ground. It's a foot and a half on both sides. Then I bought some 10 feet long, half inch diameter EMT pipes, which I bent, and I stuck the rebar inside the EMT pipes. See, on both sides. And that created a skeleton of a hoop. Now, then my original pipe, I used this really nifty tool from Klein Tools. 
called a conduit bender. It's made in USA, which is amazing. It comes in different sizes. This one is three-quarter inch EMT. To bend your pipes even easier, you can use an EMT pipe that's bent to bend your EMT along this bent pipe. So there's plenty of videos on how to do that. And it's going to be your own homemade jig. To stiffen up this structure, I got some 10-foot 2x4s. I connected the 2x4 to the rebar with some pipe hanging tape at this height because I wanted to prevent the EMT pipe sliding onto the rebar. Now, you can put the 2x4 higher on the EMT pipe, and you can tie a wire here to prevent the EMT from sliding onto the rebar. With scrap pieces of 2x4, I joined the long pieces together. The most important bracing of the arches is at the top, and how I made this is also with 10-foot 2x4s joining them with a hanging tape over the EMT in the center of the arch. And I did that with all of them from beginning to the end in the center of each arch like that. I also joined them with some scraps of two by fours the same way I did on the side. Once you have the hook house reinforced with two by fours, you can roll out some good greenhouse plastic, make it nice and even, and then screw in some strips of one by twos every six to eight inches all along and on top so the plastic doesn't fly away. At each end, I framed in a door. How I did that is that I leveled the ground, put some stones to keep the two by four dry and leveled. I cut out some notches to keep the two by four in place. The frame and the door is made from two by two by fours. Then I took all the scraps of plastic that I had, and I filled in all the gaps. I secured them in with one by twos. See here, there. Same thing in the door. I made a very creative door here to fit this frame. I used two hinges like this, connected. To keep it from swinging, I built a little contraption like this. You have a little hook. And a couple of sticks. You attach it like that. I put uh, a fragment of two by four so the door does not swing inside the hook house. It just stays in place. In order to make roll-ups on both sides, I use a three-quarter EMT pipe because it's stiffer than half-inch. I joint it with three-quarter EMT couplings, which you can't see right now because they're a little rolled up. And in order to make a handle, I bent this three-quarter EMT pipe. I joined the EMT pipe with three-quarter corner couplings. You lift it, and you roll it up. Like so. And to keep it in place, I got a piece of EMT, and I just put it in here, and keep it on the ground like this. So when it's hot, I roll two sides up. Now this side rolls up just a little bit, only one turn.
to load the additional air out and how it works is like this one turn and the ground keeps it down To attach the plastic to the three-core EMT, I use polyethylene water pipe, which is flexible, and I cut short pieces, I notched it, and I cut out about half an inch to make it easy to slip on and off. And then, not to damage the plastic, I took tiny pieces of plastic, which I slipped inside. And to show you how it goes on, I simply put it on like this, very smooth. And it goes on really nice, and it's very tight, and it keeps it in place. To keep the plastic in place during high winds, I took some rope, and I tied it on the rebar at the bottom, both ends, and I stretched it from one end to the other end of the arches. And at this end, and at the far end of the hook, I kept it in place with an eye screw. So I put it every three arches. So we have number two here. Put this rack here so nobody steps on it. Happy growing. Mm -hmm. All right. And, folks, you can see that on YouTube. Uh, basically, it's by uh, Freedom Cooking. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's uh, basically how you uh, do a hoop house, metal uh, kind of structure kind of thing. Uh, so uh, look on the uh, YouTube because you can these people have gone through what they did with the materials that they have. So um, that's what I would do is look and see different guidelines of what they're doing, or you can always buy them at different stores. Now, about three years ago, Hoop Houses went so fast that stores sold out, sold out. So I would go ahead and be calling and see if there's anything uh, available somewhere uh, that you can go ahead and put together as a kit. Uh, so, uh, But if you can't, then you need to do your own. Then I would look on YouTube and see what uh, different things you've got available for you. So. All right, so now we're going to go ahead, and uh, a lady uh, evidently can put together some really nice vegetable soup. Oh, here she is. One second. <laughs> One second here. Um, myself, I do like a kitchen sink pan and uh, a stew pan, and then uh, go ahead and fill it up with the uh, the bouillon cubes and also the uh, tomato sauce and and uh, then uh, with anything and everything I know that's an urban spice, and then also with all kinds of vegetables, uh, different kinds of meats. Uh, usually it's the hamburger meat. Sometimes we put it in there with steak meat cut up real small. I'm salivating right now. And uh, we go ahead and make sure we put it in there. And uh, potatoes, you got to have potatoes and green beans. Sometimes I've got enough uh, tomato, uh, diced tomato pieces to go ahead and put it in there if I don't have fresh. 
And sometimes I've bought uh, a can of it. Uh, but you can do all kinds of stuff with it. And I just caught kitchen soup, uh, vegetable soup, because you just throw anything in there. I mean, I go through what I can find. If I can find oats and mushrooms that I want to put in there and cut them up and, you know, whatever, I mean, I just throw it in. So, uh, But this is what this lady's got going on uh, with making uh, home canning vegetable beef soup. Homestead, and today we're going to can up some vegetable beef soup. Now, in here, I have about a half a stock pot of tomatoes. I've, I've still got tomatoes in the freezer. And what I did last night was I peeled them and I pureed them and I put them in here. This is in a double boiler, which is just a stock pot inside a canning pot with water in it. Because I don't want it to scorch. In the freezer, I roasted and then cut off the cob, 14 cobs of corn last night. Now, corn is kind of important for this particular recipe because tomato is very acidic and corn, the, sh the sweetness of the corn will balance that out so your soup won't be too acidic. Now I'm going to add two quarts. Organic beef stock. I am going to put in a handful of dehydrated celery. Remember, folks, this will probably come out to over a cup of celery. Then a handful of our dehydrated carrots also will help with the sweetness. One 19 ounce can of rinsed kidney beans. Two to three chopped onions. You can make these as finely cut up or as big as you want. I like chunks. I like about five cloves of garlic. Well, I actually like about five cloves of garlic in a single pot of soup. So green and yellow beans. And I'm going to put in about two teaspoons of and a good few grinds of pepper. Now, we're just going to let this kind of meld and mix and simmer in the double boiler for about an hour. That will give me time to get my jars in and out of the dishwasher. So here is our stock pot of vegetable beef soup. And if all your dehydrated ingredients aren't completely rehydrated yet, it doesn't matter. That will happen in the jar. I almost forgot what started all of this. The last bit of leftover roast beef. It's not much. But you can't say there's no beef in my beef vegetable soup. We have our lids washed. Tanner has the recommended amount of water in the bottom plus a splash of vinegar to keep the jars from clouding. There's also a rack in the bottom. Here's our jars, fresh out of the dishwasher. Let's get started. Always give the, the pot a stir to keep things well mixed. We're going to fill it to one inch from the bottom of the thread. Always, always, always wipe your rims and threads with a clean damp paper towel. And into the canner, this goes. And when I have the rest all bottled up, I've got seven nice big jars of winter comfort in this 
Can I? And I got enough seeds left over for supper. What? Okay, as soon as this begins to vent, a steady stream of steam, we'll set the timer and we'll time it for 10 minutes. It has to vent a steady stream of steam for 10 minutes to get the correct pressure. Okay, our timer has gone off and it's been spouting a steady stream of steam for 10 minutes. Now we're going to put on our 10 pound weight. And the moment that starts to jiggle, we'll start timing. 90 minutes at 10 pounds pressure per quart, 75 minutes per pint. Okay, that is a vigorous jiggle. So now I'm going to turn it down to just under Okay, so our timer has gone off, and now we're just going to let this cool down naturally, folks. Don't jiggle the weight. Don't try it ever. Try and take the lid off while this is still hot, and do not plunge your canner into cold water. The cooling down process is as much a part of the canning process as the heating up. So let it cool until you can touch the side of your canner with your hand, and it's cool. And there it is, folks, seven jars of warm winter solid comfort. And she's going to have the rest of that for supper. And I'll tell you, she used the hydrated um, uh, items. Uh, we use fresh vegetables ourselves, and that's what you can do, too. So uh, that's what uh, uh, she also put on her thing is that uh, her bio thing, uh, that uh, if you want to go ahead and use regular uh, vegetables, you can that's what we do. We use either the fresh stuff that we've uh, carved up and, you know, put in baggies, or we use the frozen kind. Um, uh, we like fresh potatoes, of course, carved in there. So, soup. And I'll tell you, during the wintertime, it's just great to have all those vegetables singing together, swimming in that tomato soup. And, it, you know, the, the um, not soup soup, but uh, stuff. And, oh, it's just divine. I mean, it smells good, and you just know you're getting some good stuff. And then we always make sure we have some nice, good bread with some nice butter. We put it in the oven and, you know, heat it up. And I mean to tell you, that's good. In the Midwest, they say good eating. Good eating. You know, that's good eating, and it is good eating. So it's yummy. So let's go ahead and find out about this creamy broccoli cheddar soup recipe. We've made some good uh, broccoli soup in the past. We'll see what this lady has. Today, listen, because we are making creamy broccoli cheddar soup made with fresh broccoli and real cheese. So let's get started. Okay, we're going to start by just removing our broccoli heads. Doesn't have to be perfect. We're going to dice these bad boys up anyway, okay? All right, next walk. Just a tiny bit of water, just a tiny bit. I'm going to place that fresh broccoli right into that bowl, just like that. Okay, now we're ready to start steaming. Okay, so go ahead and get your plastic wrap. I hate saran wrap so much. I hate it, but I love it. It's just so annoying. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, go ahead and cover your bowl up with the plastic wrap. We're going to microwave this for about 7 to 10 minutes, just until it's nice and tender. And don't forget, you guys, you can find this recipe on my blog, SteveLiffinCooks.com, with a ton of other recipes, so go check that out. All right, now I have some carrots and onions all cut up cute in a little bowl. I also have some chicken broth and some garlic. Go ahead and throw all of that into a pot, bring it to a boil, and let it simmer for about 15 minutes. And then go ahead and just set that aside. Okay, our broccoli is looking lovely. 
lovely. Okay, we're going to dice this up really fine. I don't like big chunks of broccoli in my side. And yeah, I have some heavy cream and some whole milk. Go ahead and add that milk to that. We're going to microwave it just until it's warm and then set that aside. Man, it's a lot of fit in the side, isn't it? Okay, add your butter into a large pot. I'm using a tabletop skillet. When your butter has melted, go ahead and whisk in that flour and keep on whisking, keep on whisking. You guys, if you're enjoying this video, please be sure to give me a thumbs up. Leave me a comment. It makes me so happy. All right, now I'm just going to add in a little bit of salt and pepper. Just to add a little flavor to it, go ahead and whisk that in. Make sure you watch your heat. You don't want to burn this stuff. Just keep your whisk moving. Cook that for about a minute, one to two minutes or so. And then add in that warmed milk and heavy cream mixture. Okay, just like that. And after about two minutes, it will thicken up and look all creamy, just like this right here. Oh, pass the sausage and biscuits. Yes. Okay, now we're going to add in that broth mixture, okay? Just pour that right into there. And just keep that whisk moving. Oh, that heavy cream, y'all. That heavy cream is what it's at. It's taking this thing up beautifully. Okay, now for the cheeses, I'm using sharp cheddar and some smoked gouda. You can use any kind of cheese you want, but make sure you use a sharp cheese, okay? And that smoked gouda, oh my gosh, y'all. It tastes like somebody has to put some bacon off up in this stuff, okay? It's really good in it, so don't be scared of smoked gouda. Now go ahead and just stir that up until the cheese has melted. And then finally, last step, yay, the broccoli. Go ahead and throw in that broccoli, and you are Done. You have just created a banging homemade broccoli cheddar soup that is so freaking divine. This is the texture that I like right here. Bacon. If you like yours a little bit thinner, go ahead and add in some chicken broth. If you don't like a lot of chunks in it, go ahead and puree it if you like. But that's it, you guys. So easy. Lunch is done. Serve it in a bread bowl, and you are good to go. I'll be yes, and that is by the Divas Can Cook. Uh, that's on YouTube. It's Divas Can Cook. And I'm telling you, either you're going to make it right or you make it wrong. It's one of the two. And, oh, I'm telling you, it's good. Again, it's good with crackers or it gets just a good French bread. And put some butter on it and you put some par Parmesan cheese if you want to. And put it in the oven and let it cook up a little bit, you know, bake a little bit. And uh, just serve it. And I tell you, when it's cool outside... You just want something light uh, for the rest of the evening to eat because maybe you have a piece of uh, real nice cake or a pie or a real nice good-sized brownie to eat for a dessert. That is good eating. I, I kid you not. Now, we always like to have a fruit cup around. I do remember your fruit cups because it's very important uh, for people to have enough fruits and vegetables in their diet. And we we always like to make sure that we've got some fruit stuff, something uh, fruit uh, going on. Okay, so now we're going to go and evidently the 2019 one is out and uh, it's basically uh, giving you the old time ways to grow and use fruits, flowers, and vegetables and it's featuring regional weather forecasts for gardeners and they also have gardening calendars, which I thought was interesting, uh, different planting tables. USDA food preservation. It says practical flower garden, herbs for flavor and fragrance, uh, planting by the moon signs. And uh, believe it or not, I know some older folks that can tell you when it's time to do the potatoes or plant some other stuff by the moon. And then it says no hassle flower drying and safe pest control. And we used to dry uh, roses when we had a garden and... Um, 
Yeah, we uh, we're so good too much in uh, drawing flowers. That wasn't our forte, evidently. But uh, we tried it. We sure did. We gave the old college try. But you can make some really nice uh, planners or, or vases, you know, of, of the dried stuff. Uh, some people really can. We we weren't that talented. But we do uh, we did grow our own, uh, uh, you know, roses. Farmer's Almanac Gardening Guide, and you can get it online or in your bookstores. And I believe I saw the Farmer's Almanac in uh, Walgreens. Uh, you can get it from amglifestylestore.com. That's amglifestylestore. Uh, lifestyle, yes, lifestyle store. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to read this. Amg. So you can look there, or you can maybe Noble, uh, you know, the, the uh, bookstore sellers. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's different places you could probably buy it. It's $6.50, but I'm going to tell you it's one of the best things you could buy for the $6.50. So I'll tell you the different areas that you are in the nation and then what you can grow then and, uh, uh, you know, what kind of temperatures, different things. So um, I think it's a great opportunity if you want to have something really meaty and neat to read and, and then give you some good, good tips. It's the Farmer's Almanac Gardening Guide, So, uh, in my opinion. So whatever. <laughs> and we're already looking through the uh, different magazines for some great recipes for the fall-winter uh, casserole dishes and also for that you do for holiday time so it's fun time where i am fun so uh we like to really get into the holidays um myself now on the holiday i don't cook so i don't care but um yeah we get pre uh, foods pre-done bring it in and uh, then we heat it up the next day that's how i roll i feel i feel i do everything you know the other part of the year i'm not doing it on a holiday so, uh, and I'm, I'm one of these that on um, Thanksgiving, that, those four days, I'd rather be traveling myself. So, uh, but we all have different things of what we want to do. So, but as long as you're with family and friends, it's always a, a fun uh, occasion. Uh, but uh, I've got family and friends in 10 states, so whatever. <laughs> oh, I probably have friends in uh, other states than that. But strong. All right, well, thank you so very much for coming aboard and listening to us uh, this week. We appreciate it, and good luck with your community garden. And um, this has been Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel. Have a great community garden day.